Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This week on the Gary House podcast, I'm joined by my friend in the running world and innovate runner, ultra runner, uh, top baker, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, career woman, which we're going to speak about as well, uh, Alison Walker. So thanks for coming back on the podcast <laughs> take two take two so you, you've already been on the gary house podcast but uh the sound was so awful that i've i've asked to ask alison to come back on so she's kindly spending another hour of her time thank you no worries <laughs> got better wi-fi this time so that they'll be much better yeah so starting up a podcast seems like a good idea until like i live in rural wales uh, alison's moved pretty rural where it's rubbish wi-fi so between us it was a lag a delay like there was no picture <laughs> so, so this time um you're at work right yeah i'm in the office with proper internet yeah so let's start there uh, because yeah should be better prepared this time as well with um <laughs> uh, without going off track but yeah, Alison's uh, been on my list of people to speak to because not only is she a great runner, but she is one of these um, people that works very hard too. And over the last month or so, I've noticed you kind of being speaking a little bit more about it, maybe on your on your social media about about your career. So let's start there, please, Alison, and, and then we'll move into running. Like, t- tell us where you're at now. Uh, so I'm a I'm a tax director. Um, I mostly deal with deals. So like I uh, put it in layman's terms. So if like you know somebody wants to buy like a a, a large company, so I mostly work with private equity um, companies. Mm. And um, if you say like uh, take for example, I, I worked on like Sharp's bedrooms or something. So I look at the business and then I kind of list um, any tax areas where you know where some 
like it's a bit like buying a house so if you're buying a house you have your conveyancing and you just look for areas where you can almost price cheap so that's what I do but I only look at tax I don't look at the financials okay um, so yeah a lot of these things especially if you're buying like if you're working for quite big private equity firms a lot of these deals happen in a week or two weeks so it's all very time pressured so mm. um, it's not you know it's not uh, yeah some I get peaks and troughs so like sometimes I, I don't really have much to do and sometimes there is so much to do I can barely breathe so um, yeah so it's very time pressured but I kind of quite like that kind of um, don't know adrenaline is that the word um but also because it's so varied like i'm never buying the same business again so every time i look at, every time i look at something new it's something different to look at and um, yeah yeah it's exciting because you it, find it like um satisfying when you find areas that kind of yeah i guess are you trying to are you trying to save money on, yeah, on yeah, the totally yeah. Just, you're trying to yeah. save, say, yeah, areas where you can save or where there's errors and mistakes and things like that. I guess that's that's the yeah. exciting part, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess you know when you buy a house or something, you you find the electrics don't work or you send a surveyor around and actually you know there, there's a hole somewhere and you you, you get the price down. So um, yeah, so it's things like that, and then also like structuring, like how all these businesses are being bought and how people at the top get paid. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's just, yeah, it, because it's so varied, like I don't do any compliance because mm. it doesn't excite me. Um, but because it just changes all the time, like for me, that's, that's what keeps me in my job and why I keep <laughs> doing it, even though like it's quite demanding. Um, so. I recently saw on your stories as well, cause that, I know that you will talk about it in a sec, but you recently moved house and then you must have been having some work that <laughs> being done. And all I saw was like numbers and numbers of quotes or whatever, where you, where you've like instantly figured out that that quote's wrong or they're trying to work out the tax wrong or whatever, or the VAT wrong and stuff like this. And I was like, I, if I was a tradesman and I came up against you, it'd be just like, why can't I want <laughs> you have to get that nailed straight away? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not just that. It's kind of, oh, yeah, we, uh, you have a quote, cash, which basically means that they don't pay the VAT. Um, yeah. And I'm like, mm, at what point do I say I'm an accountant and I actually, do, and I actually work in tax? Um, <laughs> but also, like, sometimes people think, like, oh, you're female, so, like, oh, you know, we'll just give you some random quote. But actually, um, I've got quite a lot of friends in the trades business who actually, well, some of them live here and, like, they haven't got time and stuff. But they, I often send the quotes to them, that, is this reasonable? And then they're like, no. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it annoys me sometimes when people are a bit, like, oh she probably doesn't know how much things cost it's like it's not hard to google how much radiator costs on google <laughs> yeah um, so yeah i guess some of it is i guess some of it is um because they're busy or just they they think up a quote or whatever because they're so busy like i know like tradesmen are just yeah they just they're not struggling for work put it that way are they so whereas no, but i i i hate dishonesty and some of it was just plain dishonesty and yeah. kind of you know I like to pull them up and I'm be like well I've worked it out here are my sums <laughs> yeah. I don't think this works um, so yeah I mean it's just like oh I quote asked them to quote for six radiators and I said oh actually we're not changing all six we're only doing four <laughs> and like the quote he's only removed one or something and it's like right okay um, so yeah 
it's it puts you in a good position i guess so a confident position because he, like i've got i'm clueless and like cars are a good example for me like i'm looking at trying to change my car or to try and get a van and it's it's just because i don't I hate the feeling of being almost like taken advantage of or done over but i have zero knowledge on the subject so i'm just yeah, like i feel the same but i just ask ask people that that know things about things so like yeah. just kind of go does this look right or you know um yeah and it's handy to have some friends who actually work around the area who you know 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 of people who work in trades and stuff so mm. um but yeah it, it really winds me up that people think like oh just because you know you kind of look like you have a good job and stuff means I can charge you more when really like I work really hard for my money like it's not it's not like I, I, I don't know it's just I just hate being taken advantage of so yeah 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 well where did that um when it comes to your role your job now because I imagine that the pressure comes and like you say yeah it does it's not it's not all the time but I guess it comes like you say in waves of pressure and things like that so like when I when I speak to you and when I listen to you and things like that, it sounds like you absolutely love what you do, but it's very hard. Obviously, where did that? Did, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, do do people grow up kind of wanting to do your role, or was it kind of? Because <laughs> I didn't want to say that you don't, but yeah, nobody really grows up thinking that they want to do that. But at what no. stage did you start to uh, kind of? Like obviously, were you just good with numbers? Were you, was it was it the challenge? Was it the mental challenge? That st the stimulation at work, that kind of thing. What, what kind of excited you about going down that route? So I kind of fell into it really because like, I graduated into the recession. So I don't like it was two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. So I studied law. I was going to be a lawyer, mm. um, but my training contract got cancelled because of the recession. So. And because these training contracts, you look for them two years in advance. So them cancelling it the year that I was meant to start had left me in a really bad position. So the other the other people who were hiring were the big four. Um, so like, you know, the likes of PwC, KPMG, Deloitte and EY. So and their lead time was only like a year, which was fine, because when that happened, I still had a year before I needed to have a job. Okay. So, I don't know, I just kind of fell into it. And there's so many different areas of tax and like so many areas of the accountancy you could choose from. But I knew that with a law degree, I would really benefit from being in tax. And like, I'm Asian, right? So like, I, I'm, <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I guess I am quite good with numbers. And like, I, I've always, you know, I, I grew up in Singapore and the education system is pretty like rigorous and mm. you know it's one of the best countries to you know do math and science and that's that's what I've done like you know I took all the triple sciences double math and you know all that kind of stuff so like yeah it was kind of like a yeah I, nobody really grows up saying I want to be a tax accountant um, nobody from my work definitely would say that we enjoy our jobs but we wouldn't have said it was like our, our dream occupation no um, but but it's good that you do have that challenge and that yeah and yeah i guess you feel like accomplished and i guess proud when you do a good job and then you move on to the next one and it's something different yeah and and i guess 
everyone's in it together in a weird kind of way as well so it's mm. like um yeah especially in my current job like i've i've moved jobs recently well not recently in october and like it's far it's a far more supportive environment where you know i i'm not really left on my own to do things and i have got a good junior resource where um you know they actually bring the work where it needs to be for me to review rather than me having to you know basically start from the bottom because that's half okay. the problem isn't it where you you do need like a couple of layers of review and um when you don't have those layers mistakes happen and i don't i don't i mean i feel really exposed um but now that i've got you know like a distinct layer of people working with me i don't feel less exposed so mm. um yeah so it's definitely much better um and yeah, I, I mean, it is the nature of the job. Anybody who works in like M&A tax will tell you like sometimes your weekends get eaten into, sometimes you've got to go and call some bank holiday Mondays. Like that's that comes to the territory, but also sometimes we can sit around and do nothing. Um, <laughs> I basically go for a run then. So yeah, um, yeah so it, it's peaks and troughs, um, and, but it's the lifestyle that I chose and yeah. And what, what does your husband do? similar work or is it (laughs) so yeah so yeah my husband works in tax but he doesn't do m&a so he does like more compliance stuff and he's in-house so he he does real estate tax uh we did not meet at work yeah putting this one out there because um i like to keep my work and my personal life separate Um, yeah we met at a running club in london actually um and when he said he worked in tax i thought no. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but look I, where I, we are. I'm We're married now. <laughs> yeah. I'm Mrs. Tax. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. Um, without knowing anything about it, it's such such a different role, I guess. It allows you to, yeah, it's probably good. So you can support each other but not be too, yeah, too involved. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had some evenings where we discuss some contentious areas of tax because he's had it at work and I've got it at work and it sometimes and I'm like right we need to stop now because yeah personal time um but yeah it's really good because he understands that my job can be quite demanding so if I have to you know hop on a call and bank on Monday Mm. he's really understanding about that and when he's meeting his deadlines because he he runs more on like yearly deadlines so that when it's near crunch time so like i can't take holiday between january and march because that's when his deadlines are oh no i no we can't take holiday in march because his year end is in end of march so mm. um you know just kind of understanding that and that's when he's really busy so um yeah it actually works really well but um, yeah, it just sounds really bad when both of us work in tax. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so when you've, yeah, we better talk about a bit of running. I just find it really interesting when it's someone's like really into their, their role at work. But I think it, it it's interesting because, again, like when in the running point of view, from what I know of you, every time you've had a race, you, you commit to that race, right? So yes, you'll do smaller races around it or anything, but you don't do small races as in your targets has been the winter spine, 24 hour races, multi-day and things like this. So when it goes, I imagine because your time is quite precious and these are big races, does the, does the amount of organization and how how hard you have to work at work 
seep into your running? Are you super organised with with dates or anything, or do you more are you more relaxed around training and and stuff like that? I mean, it's hard because the nature of who I am, I'm very much into spreadsheets and like you know ticking things off quickly. Yeah. Um, that's how I would imagine you. <laughs> yeah. Like going into the winter spine and everything. I imagine spreadsheets and times and everything. Yeah, like I think not for the race, but in the lead up, I do yeah. need to have some kind of structure. Like, because in the race, like who knows, like things like that. Like with ultras, you can never over plan anything. Mm. Um, and it is difficult because sometimes, even though work people go, okay, look, like, you know, we know running is important and, uh, you know, we can try and make things work. But there is also a sense of not leaving people in the lurch. Like, I don't like leaving, say, my manager, like, to be working late when I've just fucked off on a run. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's fair. So sometimes I do kind of blur the lines and, you know, sometimes I do some work over the weekend to just try and get ahead. Um, but what pays the bills, I guess, is the, yeah. it's always the... Um, I mean, running for me is a hobby and it's a hobby that I take seriously. But at the same time, like, I'm not paid to run. Um, mm. So, like, I think in life, there's always got to be some kind of balance. Like, I can't be working all hours. I mean, people in my team, some of them do work all hours. They enjoy working all hours, but I don't. So, you know, I don't take on too much and, you know, try and balance it all with the running. So I can't do, like, you know, some people, they race all the time. Like, they've got all these big races all the time because they've got time to recover. I've just got to accept that I can't keep up and you just have to just um and then there's also the whole thing about longevity of running isn't it like you can if you want to slam all these big races in all the time you've just got to accept that you won't be running for very much longer um i mean some people can some people are just superpower superman but um yeah um, i think you have to get past We've all been there. I'm sure you were the same when you when you first find running and stuff. Unless you've done it from a very young age, like the first five years, I was trying to enter everything, and because it was so long ago, the calendar was obviously it's not like it is now. You can there's every like even people I coach will send me a race. I've never heard of it, and it happens all the time. Whereas that never used to happen. I think I knew every trail and ultra race for a long time. Now it's just like people will send me stuff, and I'm like. Make sure you send me a link because I'm not Rain Man. I don't know every there's a hundred races every weekend across the that's just the UK. Um but yeah, for the first five years probably I was well, I didn't race much at all for the first year or two. And then I race tried to race everything. It'd be a half mouth and an ultra and this, that and the other. And then you get past that stage, I think, don't you? And mm. a bit of it comes with I I, I love running. I love the training. Sometimes I get frustrated that I've got a race in four weeks because I'm, because you're having to think about tapering or yeah or the, there's a pressure on the race as in I really want to, get to do the best in that race whereas I'd like to just keep carry on training all summer sometimes because <laughs> it's nice weather and stuff like that. Do you ever feel like like that sometimes? Yeah, yeah. so I mean, my first coach like um, was Peter McHugh. He he like runs a running shop in London called The Running Works and he used to run a club called Run Fast. So he's a very old school coach and he used to, when he first took me under his wing, he, they were like, he said, there are two different camps of people 
and basically I want you to be in this in this group and I want you to be in the middle. There's one 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 person who's a really good runner, loves training, but hates racing or like not hate, but like needs a big build up to the big race. Mm. And then there's the other one who races like once every two weeks. And he's like, yes, he, he races well, but he could be so much better if he didn't race that much. So you need to be in the middle somewhere. And yeah, and I, I, I like, you know, I like going to events and stuff. But I mean, it is when, when I used to live in London, everything was really convenient. But even then, there's so much admin to try and get to places on time, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, and he always believed in like a proper build up, a proper, like, a, mm. you know, like a 16 week plan or like 12 week plan. Um, but he says there's always this base block where you just need to do it. Because if you try and put too many races in, you your recovery disrupts the base. Mm. So I've always had that in the back of my mind. And like, once I've done that base, yeah, fine. I can race, recover one week and then, you know, sort of do a shorter build up. Yeah. Uh, but every time I don't have that base, like for me, like just mindset wise, that really fucks me up. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, I haven't done that. I don't know if I've got a base. Um, and obviously this year when I've like, so I've changed coaches this year and it's, I guess, having um, done the base with Dave, it's also really hard for me to suddenly think, oh, yeah, actually, when I've swapped to Paul, um, the base was already done. So yeah. I don't have to do the base. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, I guess it's it's kind of like I really I feel like I, I do need that base block of training to kind of mentally set myself up for a series of races um, once you've done a good block of what you, like you call it base or winter training and stuff like that once you've done that a few times and you're in that position you know when you know that like just give me six to eight weeks of specific training I could probably turn my hand to any distance or any terrain yeah. that kind of thing that's when you know you're in a you're in a good position I think it's also hard like you say when um it's hard like as a coach when some people come to me and they've whether they've had a previous coach or they've just been winging it on their own or they've done really well on their own. And, and, and it typically happens after Christmas kind of thing and, and, yeah, and like early, early year. And it's hard because they, it's hard to gauge where they're at. So I'm like going, well, I'm, I'm going to have to build these people up as a base because I, I, I don't know anything about you, but they might have already done that. So it's, you have to adapt quite quickly and just say, look, if this might sound too little, too much, you have to tell me kind of thing. And most of the time people know where they're at. Um, and, and just that also, it's a good way of being that you can be a bit more honest with yourself. Like I don't want to race if, if, if I can't get ready for a race in eight to 10 weeks, then you're probably not ready to do that race kind of thing. It depends how big the race is. Obviously if it's, if it is a dragon's back or a spine, it's months. You're building up over months, aren't you? But yeah, but that's more. It's just because of the nature of the race more than anything. If you're like you say, racing every other weekend, it just it's not that it's a bad thing. It just needs sometimes you need like a, an adjustment in your expectations. Maybe that's what I say. Like. What do you want to do? Do you want to go and enjoy the social side? Do you want to enjoy different routes? Do you want to enjoy these different locations? Do you hate your family so much that you need to be away every bloody weekend? Like, what is it that you need to race every other weekend? Because if yeah. it's a legitimate reason, fantastic, go for it. Or 
can we spread them out a little bit more yeah 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 and I, I guess that that is like um something that I try and think about when I sign up to races because there's so many races like nowadays mm. like it's quite it's quite easy to get carried away but also I, I also realized that I'm time poor so <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot I can do about that um so yeah I, that, what the, I know that um I won't talk I won't touch on it too much but yeah we you didn't get to the end of the winter spine this year you had a nasty well a series of nasty falls but your knee was a bit battered up wasn't it uh yeah. so I just remember like with like you'd still done a decent distance and it's not easy out there and it was still like the mid it's still January and I just remember like a message from you quite soon after like I'm thinking about this race, so I'm thinking about this race, <laughs> and I just thought, I, like, I, I've put myself there. Like, I, obviously, I DNF'd last week, and uh, I'm like, I'm looking at races that are in like two or three weeks' time. It just doesn't make any sense. But even like, you're experienced, I'm experienced, and you do start thinking if you if you DNF from a race, and for whatever reason, like, yeah, you start looking at races too soon sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess you always think, oh, no, I'm going to waste all my fitness. Yeah. Um, but then also you don't realise that there's a reason why you DNF. So for me, it was like a bruised femur, and that would take weeks to come back. Mm. And, um, yeah, and, and to be honest, there's nothing in January anyway for you to enter. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so that kind of protected myself. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, that was useful to not have any races in January and February to enter. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I guess... Yeah, even if there was a race the week after, I probably couldn't even, I, I probably couldn't do it because, yeah, it was a bruised femur. So, like, what what, what do you do with that? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I was back running the week after without any pain, so that was good. Yeah. But um, there's also the bit about the, because mine was due to a series of falls on, like, frozen slabs. And every time I hit a slab, like, you know, your brain so is a bit more tentative. Like, mm. you can't go into a race being tentative about terrain. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it worked itself out in the end. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. And how has it been getting used to training uh, in London and track sessions and, and working with a good group of people and stuff to moving further up north Uh because you've, uh, you've moved further up north again, haven't you? So you'll be in Scotland in a few years, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm only half a mile up the road from where I used to live, which is... Oh, is that all it was? Yeah, yeah okay. but we're, we're just on the tops rather than um, in Got, the yeah. Um But, yeah, it's just... It's different. It's definitely harder because in London, I had a really good routine. Like, I used to run commute most days, got all my runs in, and then Tuesday was track, Thursday tempo, Saturday hills. Mm. And then, like, it was a really, really good group of people. Like, we were all different paces, but it was a really good group to be with because we all, like, you know, at every session, we, like, completely emptied the tank. Um, and, yeah, I think it was, my like, at my fittest when I was in, like, towards the end of my time in London because that's when I started training with, like, the run fast people um so yeah and then now like coming up here i did join a club for a bit but like like i i joined a club to go to sessions rather than to have social runs um just because yeah as i said i'm time poor i don't have time to just hang around or like um so if, if it's an easy run like sometimes in my head i just think oh i could have just done this straight after work and then either relaxed or gone back to work or whatever mm. um so like there needs to be a reason for me to 
go and you know it's a lot of faff to try and get to a session or whatever so it, it must be worth it um but yeah i haven't really found like a group that i want to train with and yeah i mean it's so different now as well like on the trails it's not as time pressured as on the roads whereas on the roads like when you're training for like a road 24 hour road like 100k it's very different training so like I guess speed sessions are important, but I think they're like it's far less important to be like completely like chasing someone all the time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's just a lot more solo running. You can get the same feeling from running up a slight incline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know obviously sometimes like I could, could probably uh cane myself a bit more on some of these sessions but at the same time it's like well um how is this going to help on some of my other runs but really what well, my other races like the long ones um so yeah maybe for the for, for a track race i would you know definitely be ramping up the ante a bit but uh when it comes to these long long multi-day races it's like well as long as i'm putting in some effort i'll be all right um, <laughs> so yeah You've thrown yourself into the summer spine. Like I didn't ask you this last time, but were you always going to do the winter spine then the summer spine, or was it the DNF at the winter spine that made you think? Yeah, I'll take the easy option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and also, if I if I feel like I've settled my scores with the spine at the summer, I, I'm not returning to the winter. Yeah, um, it's just because. Yeah. I've heard people call it the easier option, which doesn't make any sense given the... I mean, the terrain will be easier. The yeah, but you, well, I'll be expecting you to run more, so... <laughs> no, but but the water will be a challenge because yeah. I, I, all the streams will be dried out. So the good thing is the terrain's better because there's less streams, but then in the but then you lose the stream as the source of water. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like... I've been training for the spine, but I've not really been, you know, obsessive about it because mm. I've just moved house and it's a really busy time at work. So um, it will be what it will be. Uh, when, um, how many weeks is it now? Maybe it's four, week, maybe three. Yeah, maybe four, a month. Four, three or four five. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it could potentially be warm. How do you typically do in the warmer weather when it's bad, you know, bad. bad? Yeah, I mean, race across Scotland was thirty degrees, and that's right. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I was suffering like hell. Like, I I slept every night. Like, I, if you had looked at my like watch data, <laughs> I can probably tell you that I probably stopped for about twenty hours of that time because I slept every night. I had a shower every night. Like. I was just. Was that a non-stop one? Was it non-stop yeah, race? Yeah, it was non-stop. Um, yeah, I, it was one of those last-minute races that ended. But like, I hadn't done enough training because I went home for a month um, last year, um, and yeah, I mean, I, there's other things to do when I'm at home. Um, so yeah, I didn't really train very much, um, and it was really hot. So. Yeah, the heat saps energy out of me, so I just end up just needing to sleep. So I just listened to my body and slept during the race. So, it's not a bad uh, thing. So you had plenty of nights sleep and <laughs> and showers and everything. You still you still won, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a small field. And to be honest, like, I think a lot of it, because of the heat, there were a lot of dropouts. Because yeah. 
I mean, who expects it to be 30 degrees in Scotland? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, and then you, and then we had thunderstorms and like rain, like showers as well. So like every time the weather changed, we lost a lot more people. So I think it's mm. yeah, it was it was tougher than I thought. But then also it was yeah. I, I mean yeah. So I don't. Change like tradition. I think it is when it comes out the blue. It is for me anyway because like traditionally I've raced in France, Italy, lots of I've been in some really hot races and and obviously not been amazing but it's not affected me too much but like last week was absolute carnage in that UTS in Wales I've never I've never <laughs> I've never felt yeah. like that afterwards but it did come out of nowhere and it wasn't it was only what well people were telling me 26 degrees it wasn't 26 degrees I don't think it was probably 24 I don't know yeah but yeah but still I mean compared to the week before I remember yeah. going out running in long sleeves so you know it's kind of it, we're in this night before in the UK. Yeah, the night before I took took Winter, my daughter, to the football and on the on the way there it was hailstoning. I mean we are like three hundred and fifty meters up where I live, but still it's hailstoning. Window wipers on full blast, I was thinking, but the the weather forecast was okay. I was thinking, God, hey, hey, are they sure it's gonna be okay? Because it was like horrendous kind of thing, yeah. And then yeah, that Friday, a one o'clock start didn't help. In Wales, it's obviously the humidity is quite high as well, which people overlook. I don't, so I, I did the first climb up Snowdon, fifteen minutes slower than I'd originally planned, and I was still overheating, and my heart rate was. I don't usually take too much notice of heart rate, but yeah, it was it was sky high for about the first two hours, and uh, and yeah, I did everything I could, but it just sometimes when it gets you, it gets you, doesn't it? So, so when a thirty degree heat in Scotland. Will have took, you know, will have took ninety nine percent of the field by surprise. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you never think that it would hit that kind of temperatures, and also it start. They, we had an early start, but even then it was already twenty five, so it was quite mm -hmm. hot to start. But yeah, I agree. Like if it doesn't start hot and it builds up, it's not so bad. But if it starts hot, you're already hot. Like basically. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Like, yeah. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, and also, it's like, it's not something you expect. So, I mean, I guess people doing things like Spartathlon, they know it's going to be hot. So they do like yeah. certain preparation before to get to that position where mm. it doesn't shock them. So I know people who go into like sauna straight after a run or like, you know, run with lots of layers. So if you get prepared for it, then you're fine. But then, I mean, I bet you didn't expect 18 no. or 26 degrees in, in, in Wales. In I'd have loved to have sat the, the two weeks prepping in a sauna. Yeah. Two, three weeks. Of... <laughs> like you say, yeah. But, it just wasn't a consideration literally until I was slapping on sun cream and probably two hours before the race <laughs> thinking <laughs> it's so bright, but yeah, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Um, I get, I, yeah, I, <laughs> not that this is very interesting. I get hot quick, but I also get cold quick as well. So like in the night I had to put some layers on and stuff. And I just think the change in temperature, my own core temperature was, just didn't help me at all and yeah just, you just grind to a halt and that was it my brain was just fried until the wednesday afterwards oh my god um yeah i was literally on the sofa like, i got home had been going 26 hours in the race and then finally just like collapsed in the van to a certain extent um richie was <laughs> supporting me took me home and i felt okay but a bit spaced out that kind of thing and like but you've been up for that amount of time and and i was contemplating thinking did I make the right decision at the time I just couldn't get out of my chair kind of thing yeah. oh but God. you know when you start having regrets from a DNF kind of thing yeah. and then but then Eurovision was on and I thought I was having a nightmare and then <laughs> <laughs> I was like because drifting in and out of sleep watching like some guy from <laughs> wherever and it was, so that was horrendous and then I swear to God, like I went for a little family walk on Sunday, thought I just feel very tired and dehydrated. But then I went downhill quick and Monday and Tuesday, just on the sofa, I had to tell people that was coaching, look, sorry, I'm going to be a bit behind this week because I'd open up the laptop and just couldn't, couldn't focus. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, it wasn't heat stroke, but it wasn't far it off. Sounds it sounds like heat, heat exhaustion, doesn't heat it? Heat exhaustion, yeah. The so. bit just before... Yeah, so I'm kind of glad that I didn't push on up the next climb and stuff. And I know I spoke to a few people, they really struggled since. So that's just it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess when you train all winter in the UK, like suddenly to have 26 degrees, like in yeah. out of nowhere, um, that that's. Um... And, and that's it. For the first weeks in like May, typically now and June, I'll get lots of people asking me about how to deal with the heat and stuff like that uk Hence your videos yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and it is it's not i mean it's, it's kind of not rocket science to a certain extent you just have to slow down and and all, do all that stuff but if it still gets you it gets you but tra training is a different thing you can always take like measures in training but i just don't get those questions when it gets to august because <laughs> hopefully we've had some more time to adapt to it and it's yeah, if anyone was listening outside the UK, they'd think we're mad having to adapt to heat over here. But but it is a consideration. Well, why don't they try running here in the winter and then? Well, yeah, understand. like you know what it feels like. Like you know, like now when the when the the ferns are all just coming up and stuff like that, and you start getting that heat off the ground and stuff. Those yeah. first few runs, I find it really difficult, but I I almost relish it because I know it's going to be in four to six weeks. You're going to be 
it's, it's good for you to run in the heat as well yeah yeah i always find like you know the first one or two weeks especially like i don't know because last week there was a period of a bit of a colder few days so like it kind of stops it a bit but every like the first couple of weeks in warmer weather I mean, running always feels shit but you just kind of oh yeah I remember this part where it generally just feels a bit shit but yeah just get on with it but also it's a nice day like the other things to do apart from worry about the pace like yeah oh, the lambs are out or like you know just I don't know just get on with it really I can't like even if my session is horrible or my run is horrible in the sun I can't bring myself to moan about it too much yeah it sounds like we're moaning now it's not really moaning it's just the nature of it and because i love it i love running in heat because i spend yeah well everyone in the uk spends so much time running in fucking miserable wind rain and we easily forget what the winter is like a lot of the time and getting out and it's dark and i yeah look outside and it's blue skies on the hill like i can see the hill that i go running on if it's blue skies and the clouds aren't moving it's like and i'm still moaning and you've got problems haven't you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean like if if i really want to nail a session like i would do it in the evening or like early in the morning but sometimes i just can't be asked so <laughs> do it whenever and just base it on perceived effort because that's why it is isn't it like if you're working your body to what you're supposed to be working it to the effect should still be the same yeah um, and you so, just have to accept that yeah you're going to be a bit slower and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff yeah exactly when it's um so in the lead up to the spine into the summer spine it, i guess because of the house move because of work and everything are you quite good at just thinking what will be will be i know you kind of just touched on it or have you got any expectations maybe not on it's hard because you don't know anything about i'm not talking competition wise but in yeah, terms yeah. of time and stuff like that do you because it's uh, quite a I mean, long quite a long cut off is that the right word but you get quite a long time to do the it they're really generous so I, I mean i'm not worried about fighting cutoffs no. um, obviously i want to go home quickly um because yeah. my mum's actually arriving the monday after she's coming for three months oh nice so um yeah so that's so, um, the motivation to get back and rest <laughs> yeah before she turns up um and then yeah so i guess like i like to do my best but i'm also not too stressed about it if you get what i mean because i obviously like with the house move works busy like mm. you know you just kind of just taking a few days break to just run across the country i guess yeah i always find it's more stressful if you've had a really good long build up to a race because you just want to do it justice don't you it's not that you it's, it's maybe not the again you're not looking at competition as in putting yourself anywhere but it's more if you've had 12 16 weeks of really good training and it's a a, a big race i feel i put myself that's the only time i'll put myself under pressure because i just want to I feel like I'm in a good place and you want to do it justice. Um, yeah, yeah, whereas I guess like we've, well, uh, on this block of training, I've probably only had like uh, two and a bit months um, with like a random race put in between um, instead of moving house. Well, in, well, the movers were moving our house, so like I didn't really need to be there. <laughs> so um, I just ran ran to where we were going to be for a week um so yeah so i i mean on paper i would have done what i needed to have done but mentally like i don't i don't 
like I haven't really been thinking too much about the race. Like I haven't really like, you mm. know, sometimes you, you pre-plan like what you're going to pack, what you're going to bring for food, blah, blah, blah. Like I haven't, yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I'll get there at some point, but at the moment, like I'm just trying to get the house sorted. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, and I find like the races that I enjoy the most are the ones that I have less of a build up or like less pressure on. So just going to try and keep it that way. <laughs> Um, yeah. Let's assume that the summer spine goes well and you don't have to deal with the spine again. What what would you prefer to do more of? Because you've had some really great results, like on the track, on the long track ones, and 24, you've had good results, like race across Scotland and everything in between. What would you prefer to move, move towards in the second half of the year and kind of beyond? Uh, so I'm doing the Battersea track race. 24 hour race in end of September, early October. So just for a bit of variety and also, yeah, I just, I guess. I just it doesn't sound very life. varied going around the track. I've been there. Well, not Battersea, but a different track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but like away from like the really long trail races, like it's quite nice to run without a pack and like, you know, have water and yeah. gels handed to you. Like it, yeah, it's yeah. quite nice. Um, and also I think it's a really good, base for whatever else that I want to do next year um I, I haven't decided what I'm doing next year yet but I always think that a good solid running race is always better than walking up and down hills yeah um, and you can train for that yeah obviously it's a it's a 24 hour and it's on a track but you don't I always, there's less stress on super long runs like which I, I always think I mean you can go and do long runs but you can, yeah, you can, you don't have, it's not like you have to be out for four or five hours hiking with a pack to get used to it, that kind of thing, is it? Yeah, and also, like, because it's road, like, all my runs will be so much quicker. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you just get, you know, you know that an hour is seven miles. Like, you don't even have to, you know, try and work that one out. You just go, okay, well, how, how yeah. long do I have to run for? And that's the number of miles. Like, it, it's quite predictable. Whereas I find with trail runs, like, you never know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do like the predictability of road. But at the same time, like, I've moved somewhere where there's basically no road. So I'll be running around the country roads in the lead up to um, the Sri Chimnoi race. But, um yeah, it's just nice to mix things out a bit. And I think I think Paul said, like, you know, it's probably really good to have that in there because um, that's my background in, like, you know, how I came into ultra running. And mm. I do I do quite enjoy it, to be honest. Um, what, what's your PB on the 24-hour? Uh, I've only done one, so it's, like, 186. It's not fantastic. But, again, that what? was during a heat wave that came out of nowhere. So um, I think I came third, and it was at the Sri Chimnoi Battersea, I know, Tooting one. So there were lots more people who I thought was gonna, were going to hit, like, the high 200s. But because of the heat, everybody just dropped mm. out. The track stunk. The track stunk of vomit. Like, that's, that's <laughs> all I could smell for 24 hours. I'm not even joking. Like, it, it really stunk. Every time I ran past the grass, I was like, like you know it's just that horrid stench of just vomit in the heat it's like what um, that was um that's probably just battersea <laughs> yeah it was tooting back so probably but, oh wait yeah. is that where you were yeah yeah because they've moved it now to battersea because the tooting track was in such a state like you could see the you could see the the concrete underneath the track like you're mm, so worn down okay. yeah um 
but yeah, obviously, like it was the it was it was my first year of running ultras, and it was my first twenty four hour track race. I, I would like to think I'm a lot stronger than that now. So, mm. um, hoping to get a PB. So um, that'd be good. What? Um, yeah. Would you ever go into? Would you ever put like a big focus on running a marathon? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say no, but not I know you say like it's varied and everything, but you're literally going from one really long race to another very long race. But now you just without the pack. It's not. It's not like you're going from the spine to a ten k, is it? Yeah. So I think it, when when I was uh, with the run fast lot, like there was a point where I, like, I think my coach thought I could get a Commonwealth. Uh, standards for Malaysia so I think yeah. that was like 255 maybe um, which I know for the UK that's not the standard but I mean like no, but it my, would be good, wouldn't it? yeah my marathon time for home like even though it was like a build-up race to 100k um, I didn't really train for it that puts me like top 10 in mm. my country which yeah okay um so yeah at one point we did think oh maybe we should try and get into a commonwealth standard but then i moved out of london and then i lost the group um and i feel like for me to get a sub 255 like it would be a big ask and i do need a really supportive group and mm. now that i've lost it like i don't really feel like i'm going to get that back so um uh, so yeah maybe sometime um but not now um yeah but yeah, it would be it would have been cool, but also at the same time, like uh, marathons are hard. They're not yeah. like ultras. Marathons are harder than ultras. Um, and I, I gave I gave up five weeks in last time just because of the. It wasn't because the sessions were hard. It was hard to like where I live. I have to drive twenty thirty minutes to find ten k of flat. So. Yeah. Or it could, like in the winter, we could have six weeks where the roads are just unusable in a car, never mind running. So it's like, it is excuses to a certain extent, but rather than, I could, like if if it's snowing here, I want to be out in the forest and on the hills. If it's sunny yeah. here, I want to be out on the hills. So I find it very difficult to find a time of the year where marathon training would be what I enjoy, even though I know that, like some of the fittest times I've been is on the back of running a marathon just just for because yeah we know how fit it can get you kind of thing but you do have yeah. to, you have to commit to it as well exactly and I, I just can't find the motivation to commit to one um, <laughs> I mean and my husband's okay, been yeah. trying to commit to marathon training but half the time like I'm like that's not marathon training is it um so like it's kind of it it will take a lot more effort to drive somewhere where I can get something flat. But then actually, like in my head, I'm like, I'm time poor. I can just open the door and just go on the trails. Why mm. am I having to drive to find some flat road? Um, and when you come when you come to those sessions, you know, those tempo sessions and those track sessions when you really need something to chase. Yeah. After work, like, am I really going to push myself to chase something? Like some <laughs> imaginary fictional thing? Yeah. Um, I find that hard. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe at some point, but I mean, I don't know. Like it's it's far easier and far less um, inertia to get out to train for an ultra mm. than it is for a marathon. Um, but yeah, never say never. Uh, maybe one day then. Maybe. What is um again? Because cause you you can have long work hours and stuff like that. What are some What are some of the, your favourite sessions then? Because you you with Paul Turner, we should mention that. Um, 
so what what are some of the what are your favorite sessions or maybe maybe they're not your favorite but <laughs> which are the most effective ones that you you like when you're time poor you, you might look forward to uh so for me it's variation like I, I if you keep giving me the same session i get really bored mm. um but at the moment i think we're doing like a series of like some long reps followed by short reps straight after yeah and i quite like that so i think this week we've got another another set of those 10 to 2 things so like like 10 minutes steady two minutes hard and then two minutes easy for do that four times and mm. like some of the does that help having the variation in the session yeah yeah it just breaks it down and then like oh yeah i'm done now um and like then, a obviously... lot of the time people tell me they hate progressive runs so say i give them 50 minutes progressive yeah so yeah I, if the, I mean they all know now because i've kind of sold sold myself out on it but instead of putting 50 minutes progressive then i'll put like 20 minutes easy 20 minutes moderate 20 20 minutes hard so it looks different it's still a progressive run but yeah. it's written differently like, oh that's much yeah. better <laughs> it's still yeah. a progressive run yeah and um yeah and it's just like i think there's somewhere he makes me do some short reps where like four times five or something and then like two times 20 minutes so it, it like it just breaks it down and it's mm. um and it makes time pass really quickly as well uh, so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes I also quite like, you know, one of those hour easy and then followed by strides because that's easy. You just go out and then mm. come back and run up and down something. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, variety is quite useful, especially if you want me to do any speed work. Um, but, yeah. Speak to me about uh, your strength and conditioning then, because we spoke about this last time, but it was it was important and it was interesting. Uh because yeah, I, I like to talk about it a lot as well. Where cause you, you're quite, I guess, regimented is the wrong word, but you keep that up. Yes, and that's, you... that's probably a good description. <laughs> yeah, for, like since I've yeah since I've been in contact with you, you've always been doing some form of strength and conditioning. And yeah, just speak to me about how that came about in London and how it works now. And yeah, the just basically yeah, what yeah, yeah, so how you find guess... the advantages of it. When I first started ultras, like um, I I knew I had a hypermobility problem, so like I I can like basically overextend my limbs and like you know all sorts, and I had a few ankle injuries as well because of the hypermobility, and you know hypermobility also means that you, your proprioception and like you know your uh, spatial awareness isn't so good, mm. um, so uh, I've been working with this guy called Graham. I met him at um pure sports medicine like when in 2018 maybe um and because he, he's an ice hockey i think he used to do like ice hockey coaching and like um what is it rugby coaching so he's very he, he's he's not like a normal pt so he, he does a lot more rehab so, yeah but even though i don't need so uh, he writes me a plan once a month and then i go see him and then he like you know shows me how to do it and videos it and then puts cues in those videos and that's how the pure sports medicine kind of um model worked i don't know if they still do it now because i'm no longer in london mm. um but basically every four weeks go and then they change the plan so that you don't get bored of doing the same exercises again and again and again mm. um and each time there's a different focus but he'll always keep some form of rehab in so like you know to make sure like you know i don't lose my ankle stuff so like um, and he changes those things um, and tries and builds those in into my like SNC. So 
uh, yeah, so I, I try and do it once a week and most of the time I do do it once a week and now I've bought myself a home gym. Um, so it's far more convenient as well. Um, and, and I guess my biggest issue with going to like a normal SNC coach or like, you know, a PT is like they're always so obsessed with giving you DOMS. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I, I run enough volume to not need DOMS from the gym. But some yeah. people just seem to keep wanting you to do squats. I'm like, and when the hell am I going to go into this full squat all the time? And they're like, oh, you need it for your running. It's like, no, not really. I've been running for years and like I've never had an injury, but this yeah. is going to give me an injury if I if I have DOMS and run weird. So I sacked a couple of those coaches because I tried to look for someone up north because I thought, oh, you know, it's much easier to find someone up north. And this guy seemed hell-bent on making me do these full squats all the time. And I can't run properly for, for days. And I'm like... You know what really annoys me is I'm paying you to not do my sessions like properly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I've gone back. Not to even Graham. great from a market. If even if you're doing it from like from a marketing point of view, giving someone DOMS whether you're a runner or a beginner for three or four days just it's just not great, is it? No, and also it's like well, you're not being very specific, are you? It's always the same shit exercises. So anyway, sacked him. Um, and then gone back to Graham and just worked out of time because sometimes I go down to London for work. So I try and see him when I'm down mm. in London um, or do things remotely. And that seems to be doing quite well. Um, so, yeah, I, I always think SNC is really important because it keeps me injury free. I've been pretty much injury free for a long time. I mean, I, I've got tendonitis things, but that's because of overuse. And, you know, everybody's got a bit of tendonitis. Yeah. Uh, but I've never not like being able to run uh, or just the odd impact injury <laughs> yeah 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 or like falling yeah um so yeah and it, it's been really good and like he also understands i'm time poor so sometimes he says like if you're really busy this week it's good it comes in sets doesn't it so like, i've got three sets hmm. and then you repeat them three times or something if you're really busy split them in two and then just do half one day and do half the other day um so, I imagine you haven't got like endless amount of exercises too. It sounds like it's quite simple and achievable. That's yeah. So I think it's like maybe nine to twelve exercises, um, and then you kind of do like a repetition thing, and like you every few weeks you up the weights, um, mm. and yeah, it's quite nice to have variation. Like it's like some. I mean, sometimes we do exercises from like a year ago or whatever, but I don't or like sometimes he puts some core things in like mm. um which are the same as the last time but i don't mind that as long as majority of the like exercises are different because otherwise i'm like oh this again and then you kind of lose a bit of mojo don't you so yeah um well having yeah. a home gym gives yourself a good bit of accountability because it's like well one it's an investment two it's taking space in the house three you like you there's no you're taking away any of the excuses from yourself as well so yeah. So it is, it's definitely good and it, everyone doesn't have to go to the extent of getting a big rack and all that kind of stuff, but getting some free weights or even starting off with a kettlebell and all that kind of stuff can be really useful. Yeah, so for, for about two years before I had space to put a full gym in, I've, I, ha I bought a hex bar in lockdown Yeah. and that was only 100 quid. Like I, when I say only, it's still cheaper than going to the gym. Yeah. Um, and that was because... Like, I think my PT said, like, if you have a hex, like, it's um, far harder to screw it up in terms of technique. 
so I use the hex quite a lot and then using yeah, fans and kettlebells. So yeah, so for a while, like, I mean, I don't need this gym. Like he basically said to me, like, you don't have to buy it, but if you really want to, you can have it. Um, but he, he said, and yes, it will provide more variety in your session, but you mm. don't need it. So um, you can do a lot with just a very simple um, gym kit and obviously a good strength and conditioning coach will plan around your equipment. So, um, yeah, so I'm really, really grateful to have somebody like that who, you know, understands my body. And obviously, I've worked with him in person for a couple of years. So he knows my body quite well. And like, he just basically tell me and like, you know, I text him all the time and stuff. And so, um, yeah, so it's been, it's one of those really good relationships I've had that I've kept for a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you just have to find someone that works and yeah, variety. And that might be, it might be an SNC coach. It might, there's, there are, like you said, there's still great PTs out there. It might be a physio, but yeah, finding a good one is quite important. Like a good one will be happy to see you once every four or six weeks. It's not, shouldn't be a three times a week job kind of thing, should it? Um, that's a massive barrier to, to, to people. Yeah, yeah, I pay him yeah, 70 yeah. quid for, for like, you know, kind of what, every time I see him. And sometimes it can be a month, sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes eight weeks. Like, you know, yeah. it's kind of, you know, we've come to that kind of understanding where it's when I can feed it in or like yeah. when I can be bothered. Um, so, you know, it's quite flexible, but also he is very good. So, hmm. um, yeah, but some people, you know, some, some gyms, they make you come like every week. It's like... I haven't got time to carve out that time yeah. every week to come to the gym. So, um, yeah, I guess it's trying to find a routine that works for you. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm an advocate of SNC. So, yeah. On top of all that, because I'm going to let you go in a minute because I know you are busy. But uh, I, before we leave, uh, I want to touch on the baking because <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, out of all that, it's probably yeah. Like the baking looks like it should be on Bake Off kind of thing. So uh, what, funny that... story, that one. So um, I did get to like, you know, before the live stages and then got... got oh, did you? Did I? Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say, but it was like many, many years ago now. So I'm sure you can. Yeah. But like he had to go to like an audition and stuff in like... Uh, but yeah, and then I found running, and then so I actually, I haven't got time for that anymore. Um, <laughs> as in, I haven't got time for the Bake Off show, but... Um, did the baking come before running? It came together because it used to be, you know, in London, you had all those cross-country meets, and then we always bought cake. Uh, so then it, it got a bit out of hand, so I started to, like, make alcohol cakes and stuff. So after cross-country, mm. everybody eats cake. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's still bake. Um, we... we Bake a lot of bread at home, sourdough bread, um, just because it's bloody expensive to buy in the shop. <laughs> when really it's just flour and water. You don't even have yeast because you've got the starter. So um, yeah, we 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 do. Um, and then the rhubarb in the garden is getting ready, so uh, it's time to make some rhubarb stuff with it. Um, yeah. So. What's your favourite yeah. thing to bake then? Oh, uh, I, I baked for a couple of weddings. A oh, for weddings. Yeah. Yeah, so a couple of my friends like uh, baked for their weddings. That was stressful because um, you're like, do not fuck it up, do not fuck it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we made like did like lots of different cupcakes and a cake, 
um because also like you know sometimes cakes like it's nice to cut a cake but actually in reality people just want to take stuff away yeah so um i also baked for my own wedding so that was fun um <laughs> yeah and like macaron towers and stuff so yeah i do like when when i make an effort to bake i do like to make things nice because it's mm. like if i'm going to put the time aside anyway i might as well decorate the heck out of it so um yeah okay. christmas boxes so if ever in the area doing christmas drop me a line yeah often give out these boxes to neighbors and stuff so um oh you've yeah. got to go back on bake off get back on bake off uh, i don't think i'll be allowed in now um, <laughs> i've got time um, yeah i always think that though i don't watch charlotte watches it quite a lot and obviously when i'm eating tea and stuff and i don't mind watching it but I'm like, how are they? How are these people got so much time? Because they're all like the retired or students, and not much in between, I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, they take time off, I guess. Um, yeah, because not only j just the, the amount of bacon just to get there, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's, like you have to like submit all your like lots of photos of baking and like bloody how that application form takes hours, and I'm just yeah, like, I'm not submitting that again. So, um, but yeah, no was a bit like disappointing to not get through but at the same time i'm like actually i don't think i'm yeah. waiting for time to go through the whole process like you're probably too good for it now whenever i see it they're all awful it's like it's gone ridiculous Are they? i haven't watched it in years now because it, it always seems to be the same every year so that's yeah. just kind of you know just it's and I, yeah we don't watch that much tv anymore so um yeah for another <laughs> time <laughs> right then uh thanks for that alison uh <laughs> ending on a bake-off chat yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's been interesting to learn i wanted to learn more about your training and everything because yeah i, I mean you're already quite modest about it i know how hard you work and it's obviously stressful but you're also doing really well in the races so people can take hopefully a bit of inspiration from that and uh where can they follow you where's the best place for more uh probably instagram don't really use anything else no okay good follow alison on instagram and i promise she'll uh post some good bread pics <laughs> dog, dog pictures oh yeah chai yeah 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 go, go before we go there tell us more about what was the because i missed it really what why why did he have his um what do they call him like the pillows around his neck oh he got neutered last oh no how's he dealt yeah. with that he was not happy for a couple of days. He looked at me like as if like, you know, as if the world was falling and he just like, I, yeah, I, I would never, well, I, I would never wish that on anyone to be honest. Like he just looked so depressed. Well, He's back to but, normal now though. But yeah. for two days he was cringing and just giving me those eyes where it's like, what have you done to me? Like, um, so yeah. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to take him as well? Yeah, I took him. So yeah. he's like, so I don't think he wants to go in a car anytime soon. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, well, he's got um, he's got that nice garden to to enjoy now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every time I've seen him now, he's just uh, sunbathing on your backyard. Yeah, he's always just like watching the horses and like you know just enjoying the sun. But yeah, it's a funny dog that one yeah great right well thanks alison i will let you get back to it and yeah good luck at the summer spine i'm not expecting any messages saying that you've fallen i hope not i really hope not <laughs> hope there's no freak snowstorm or something no i think you'll you think you'll be fine and and the fact that 
yeah, you sound quite relaxed about it, as relaxed as you can be going into like such a such a long event. Yeah. 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 I'll send you a voice note. I hate this. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if I don't, yeah, it depends. It depends how how you're feeling, but I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Okay. Thanks, Alison. Thanks Thank again. Thank you. Thanks. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.